Do you need new clothes? If you're like me, then you certainly do. Anti-Forever USA is where you need to be to get those clothes. They got everything from hats and beanies to t-shirts and long sleeves to hoodies and more clothing is coming soon. My listeners get 10% off using the promo code PLATTY. That's P-L-A-T-T-E. Don't forget the P is capital. Link is in the description of the podcast. Shop Anti-Forever USA today. Alright, hello everyone and welcome back to Strictly Hoop Talk. As always, I'm your host Chris Platty and uh, this is actually being recorded before the last one I recorded yesterday is up, but um, this is kind of an emergency pod because of the big news regarding the award ceremonies and how there are changes to that. So coming on to speak about that as well as the playoffs is one of the fan favorite guests for my NBA podcast, Max. Max, how you doing? Good, good, Chris. How are you? I'm, I'm glad to hear that I'm a fan favorite. Shout out to all my fans out there that I don't know yet, but I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, no, I always get, I always get good feedback. Uh, of course, from Will Gill, but outside of that, man, I get, I get great <laughs> feedback from others too. That uh, they really like having you on the pod, and I like having you on the pod. So I decided to bring you back. It's been a while. Um, so like I said, we're going to talk some, we're going to talk this major, this major change in awards. And so, uh, yesterday an article caught my eye on Fox sports, uh, and Noah Lofman, friend of the show was the first to send me it. But, um, the NBA reveals that it will announce its award winners, including MVP in June on June 26th. Now this is a big change because usually, as you know, um, Award ceremonies, or there are no really like award ceremonies, but what they do is they they kind of leak them out through the press throughout the week of the first round of the playoffs, and with MVP being last, sometimes even announced in the second round, and um, so so now what they're doing is the MVP, Rookie of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Six Man, Most Improved, and Coach of the Year will all be announced during an event on TNT. Um, current uh it's going to include you know current and former players executives celebrities all sorts of things it's it's going to be a show essentially kind of like what the nba players association tried to do with their awards uh starting last year no two years ago now so um it so when it when i first thought about this i was like okay great i was all on board with this because to me this is interesting like if they if if they were if they were going the route of now playoffs matter in awards, which I am all for. I know Max, you're kind of against that, so I'll let you state your case in a minute. But um, with 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 that, I was I was all for that, and it's it's very interesting. But now I was listening to the drop, which is uh, a podcast done by the starters every Friday, and they said that basically the voting time doesn't change. They're still going to vote um, this week when the se- when the regular season ends, but the only difference is now they're not going to announce it till June 26th. So to me, why is that? Why is that even a thing, Max? Uh, what are your thoughts on just the changing of the date first? The only thing I could think of is that they just don't want to announce it during the playoffs because I don't know it might provide a slight edge or maybe like if people think because you know the only thing I could think of is Dirk Nowitzki when he won it and Steve Nash when they won it and Dirk ended up losing in the first round. 
so they don't want to have that burden of that topic of like, oh, see, they should they shouldn't have won it, or see, now shouldn't have won it, should have like waited. I, I have no idea what the reasoning, you know, behind it, why they're pushing it. The only thing I could think of is that they can, you know, have another day to be relevant and make money out of it. <laughs> That's yeah. the only thing I could think of. Yeah, because I mean, now it's going to be after the draft, so that's very interesting to me. It's it's uh, like I said when I when I first uh, jumped into it. This is the other aspect that I really uh, think is the interesting part of it is whether the playoffs now matter or factor into. Because again, I don't know if it's confirmed that uh, that they're still voting at the same time. Uh, so so if that's the case, then then this is really pointless to me. Well, not pointless because I understand. I understand their perspective of trying to um, trying to move it and own like more of the month of June, more of the calendar. Uh, just kind of like that. That's like a good point between after the draft and then and then it will lead into free agency very well. So I get the business aspect of it, but to me personally, I think it's I think it's stupid from a fan's perspective. Like, I, a fan wants to know now, uh, and, and if you're delaying it. I think you should include the playoffs because I, I've long been a, f- a fan of and stated that playoffs should matter to awards. Like, I get that they're regular season awards, but now, especially with how the culture of basketball has shifted to where regular season doesn't matter as much, and you're seeing a lot of people uh, gear up and, like, you know, kind of coast through the regular season and gear up for the for the playoffs. And so, to me, if the awards were included during the playoffs, that would be so... That would be so interesting because now you can, if you look at it, if you look at the last two years, if the MVP was included, if the playoffs included the MVP discussion, Steph Curry might not have won the last two years. It might have went to LeBron each year. Um, you know, it's it's debatable, but you know, it definitely would have it definitely wouldn't have been the wide margins it was last time. Um, so to me, I, I think it's very interesting because that's when basketball matters most. It's all about playoffs. So to me, I'm totally cool with uh, rewarding the teams that are good in the playoffs and like you said if Dirk gets bounced in the first round is he really an MVP like you know so it's it's very it's very very interesting to me and I think I think that playoffs should should matter and should be included in awards so if that's the push if that's the reason behind this I am all for it Max how do you feel about that yeah I I I completely disagree I mean I like having awards for the whole season I think it at least makes the regular season relevant even though you know you still want the top seed you still want to be one of the top four teams to host uh, to have home court advantage at least for the first round maybe second round depending on how the the playoffs go but 82 games is a lot of games and you have to award that some you know for somewhat because if you say like for instance last year Steph Curry was unanimously the best you know had the best season of anybody they had they won 73 games you got to reward that now yeah towards the end obviously they lost in seven games and he didn't play all that great but also you know are you are you going to factor in that a little wet spot against the rockets in the first round i think or the second round when or in the first round when they when he slipped and and got injured are you going to factor that into a decision of like uh well he didn't play as well afterwards is that going to be a factor of well we can still get an award that's why I don't want the whole playoffs in situation to be with included with the regular season because then he didn't end up playing as well as he did in the regular season, even though they ended up one like couple of minutes away from going back to back. Plus, you know, if to me it's just 
the, the playoffs is it, it could be a different animal. Maybe they should implement a new award, or instead of just having a Finals MVP, they could have a playoffs MVP. You know, that could be an argument. That can be a topic they could bring up. Other than that, I don't mind how everything is set up. I think you 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 want to reward the best player for the whole season because even though Russell Westbrook right now is having is averaging a triple double. His team is six, and if he goes into the playoffs and he gets bounced in the first round, or if James Harden goes in the playoffs and he gets bounced in the first round, does that mean that the, the team that makes it further in the playoffs, a la Kawhi Leonard, a la LeBron James, are they more, do they get better votes now because they advanced or maybe because they have a better team? Does that make sense? I mean, I know you still have yeah. to factor the stats. Obviously, they still got to put numbers, you know, but if, they, if their team's advanced most unlikely LeBron and Kawhi Leonard will have bigger numbers, but it still like kind of overshadows how those the other two players, like a Russ Brook or a Harden, how great their season was, that if they get bounced earlier than usual or if they don't make it further, then they can't bl- bluster their resume. So now it's like if they count playoffs, now, now the LeBrons of the world would win it every year, even though I think it's not fair that LeBron gets graded unfairly due to his other like his other years of greatness just like when Jordan like a lot of times the Malone year that one at the Barkley year it's like come on really like Michael Jordan's numbers were absurd like when Derrick Rose won it over LeBron James LeBron James numbers were absurd that year so that's something that I think the media themselves who who vote on this should change but other than that I just I like it being a regular season award let it you know let let crown the top regular season player or if they're the, how valuable they were to their team you know that's like that's why everyone is not crowning Russell Westbrook the runaway MVP yet because they believe oh he's six you know he takes too many shots he has too many turnovers blah 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 all that like advanced stats and I, I enjoy it just to stay for the whole regular season I don't want it to bleed into the playoffs yeah okay so I will say that I understand I understand your perspective of you know and and this certainly could open the door to where it would it would be very beneficial to the guys like Kawhi and LeBron as opposed to the guys like Harden and Westbrook. I see your point there, but to me if if players, coaches and owners and just franchises in general are always taught that playoffs are the most important thing, then shouldn't that be the factor and the measurement for um shouldn't that be the factor and measurement for where players get their awards because that's when players are going to perform their best and um well you'd like to think so i mean regarding the curry injury or the curry injury was was an incident but you know what part of winning an award is being durable and you know that's why that's why Joel Embiid probably isn't winning rookie of the year because he only played 31 games so um, so durability has always been always been a part of that. So I w- I would kind of argue against that point of Curry, but I see the point you're making that you know uh, Harden or Westbrook getting bounced in the first round, uh, you know that could end their MVP discussion. And well, that might not be fair, but at the same at the same time, I think I think overall too, Max, you kind of talked about when you alluded to the issues and the flaws in Westbrook's candidacy, how he's the sixth seed and everything. I think that if the NBA were to extend and include playoffs, I think we could get rid of, we could totally start fresh and we could get rid of all these stigmas that voters have. Like you have to win 50 games or, or be a top four seed or top three seed, you know? And 
So I, I think it would actually open the box, uh, open Pandora's box and let the NBA writers kind of recreate the rules and, and adjust to the times we're in. Because like I said, there's a culture now where regular season doesn't matter. And I get that it gives it gives some players uh it gives some players something to work for, some team, some teams something to work for. But at the same time, when it comes down, when it comes down to it, playoffs matter most, and I believe that's when that's when the most pressure is. That's when the most, you know, when when everything is at its brightest, and I believe that that's when the that shows who really deserves the awards. But is it not like how the 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 player with the with the great stats who's actually helping his team be a top three, isn't that almost equivalent to, like, how they do in the playoffs, too? I mean, for the regular season, at least, right? That's why, like, writers always want to base their argument of, well, yeah, but does Russell Westbrook have his team as a top three? Do they have they, did they win 50 wins? Now, like, I don't think that should, all, that should, like, that should sometimes come in the conversation, right, if it's close. Like, for instance, yeah. Harden and Westbrook are close. Um, very. Har- very close. And Harden's team is better. And you, we can argue, like, who has the better team because Harden, like, like, who, Capella, Adams, I think Adams won that. I mean, you got Ryan Anderson, standstill shooter, McDermott. I mean, we, the argument could go back and forth. However, Westbrook has him by two rebounds, and I think a lot of people are thinking, like, yes, he's averaging a triple-double, but Harden is only two rebounds short, and he has the better team. He has a team that's over 50 wins, so that's a, that, that would be an interesting argument, but... The only thing, I, the last thing I want to say about this is, if you compare it to like college football, in college football, I I like the system right now. I don't want it to go to eight teams, eighteen playoff because it's gonna diminish the regular season, right? In college football, one like the the, the regular season is huge because if you lose once, yeah. or if you lose once uh, you, uh, towards the end of the year, or once in the beginning of the year, that could derail your chances. So the the regular season still matters. That's what makes college football great. Is that every week you have to win? You know, only I think 12 to 13 games played, and you have to you have to keep winning to vouch for those first four. You never want to lose. So now, like to me, just keeping the the rewards regular season, it won't diminish the regular season as much. But even though I do agree with you with how how uh, the new NBA is changing and how players are sitting out games like LeBron and like Kawhi like on rest because. They're, yeah, you're right. They're worried about playoffs because who cares about the regular season, especially if you're already locked in or if you're playing on a back-to-back and you're ahead in the standings. You know, I would be surprised if the Warriors played all their players, for instance, tonight because everybody and their mom's not playing for the Pelicans. It's a home game for the Warriors. <laughs> Maybe Kerr could see this as a chance, as a you know, a, a, a chance to rest his players while not having to worry about losing any ground because they already clinched the. Uh, the first seed in overall in the NBA. So, yeah, I, I can see that argument that you're bringing in because now do you – but then to me, if you want to try to get the MVP, you can't – there has to be a rule where you can't miss like 10 games or something crazy like that, right? Even right. though, you know, they should miss it because they have to prepare for the playoffs. So, but I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be an interesting – it's going to be interesting to see how the NBA responds to the resting of players especially how it's been going on this year. I think because they don't care about the, the fact that the players are resting, but this year it's been they on care their about prime when. time. Yeah, on their prime time games. Like, like, I'm not trying to watch the Spurs and Warriors with Ian Clark and David West facing up against, uh, you, uh, uh, what's his name, Trice? Is he on the team on the Spurs? <laughs> oh, yes. no, uh, Brian. Uh, 
Oh yeah, Brian. And so Brian yeah. Ford, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, all right, you know, you guys are cool and all, but this is prime time. I'm trying to watch Kawhi. I'm trying to watch Steph. I'm trying to watch Durant. Right. You know. So that, and then once you hit their pockets, once you hit their uh, TV revenue, that's when it's like it becomes a problem. So well, I, I, I'll still, I'll keep a regular season, but there has to be something tweaked. Like you're right, you have to reward those that play all those games and not the ones that start missing games. Because if you start missing games, and for instance, if Joel Embiid wins Rookie of the Year, that's like it's kind of ridiculous. So yeah, I get that there's no good candidates, and you know we'll save that we'll save that for another pod when we discuss awards. Um, but uh, just real quickly on that, like, I get that there's no candidates, but I'm sorry, like, part of being able, be qualifying for an award is showing up to your job, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. part of part of being employee of the month is showing up for more than just three shifts out of the month, right. you know? So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll just end it with saying that, you know, I believe that with the culture of basketball in general, it's just all, it's always been playoff centric. Chris Paul never got to the conference finals, you know. So there's all these strong narratives that emphasize how, just how important playoffs are. And so that's why I think that the awards should be included, uh, or playoffs should be uh, included in the, in the discussion for, um, playoffs should be included in the discussion for the awards. But Let's transition because one thing that we talked about before the podcast, and this is kind of a side note, is the interesting thing is it didn't say anything about the All-NBA teams, which you and I agree is the most important thing that the NBA votes on. Paul George. Yes, Paul, Paul George. George. Paul George and the Pacers are sitting to, to, to like at the end of the year to see if he would be able to sign uh, for 200 or $70 million less just because wow. if he made an, an all NBA team, that is a ridiculous amount of money based on the all NBA team. And from, I don't think he's going to be all NBA this year. I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I, I think he might, but I doubt it. Cause there's, there's like, I, I went through it in my head. I wrote it down. I don't think there's any, any room for him in the first three teams, but yeah, uh, the all NBA team is huge now, especially when it comes to free agency. So um, yeah. if you want to touch on that and, because I think that in the award ceremony, I think that if they do announce the All NBA teams, like after the after the finals, after the uh, the the draft, it's kind of like gonna create drama, right? Because think about yeah. it: if you're the Pacers and you don't know if he's gonna be All NBA or not, <laughs> yeah. you're thinking like, who should I draft or should we trade him before the draft? Because yeah. that starts to come into factor, right? You start thinking like we might only have one year left. We might not have, be able to offer him seventy million. The, you know, if if he's gonna re-sign it with the Lakers, should we call them before and just take a chance, thinking like, you know what, we don't think this dude's gonna get NBA, All NBA. So hey, Lakers, you guys have the third pick. Here's here's Paul George, and he's yeah. most likely will re-sign with you guys after he gets traded. Da, 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 and work it that way. But if you say, you know what, we're going to take a chance, and maybe the Lakers draft somebody that like that you don't need for, like a center or another power forward. Now you have Miles, Miles Turner. So do you really need that position? So I think it's gonna, I think it's gonna be interesting to see if they do announce the All NBA teams before, or after, because it does start factor into free agency and what you can and can offer uh, your players. Yeah, and again, $70 million is a lot of money. That's a huge a difference. That's the difference between staying somewhere and going somewhere. You know, that's the difference because Paul George, is, if he gets signed for 
you know, a little a little more at Indiana than he can at LA. He's going to LA. Like, you know, um so it's it's very interesting that these awards and, and this is Max, do you agree with me on this then? How about on, how about on this side of it, on the all NBA side? If they're if they're waiting to announce it till then, should should the uh should the playoffs matter in that discussion? Because that that's where that's where again that's where the 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 most pressure the most everything should playoff discussion matter in all NBA. Well, yes and no because then that still wouldn't be fair to like the Demarcus Cousins, the Anthony Davises of the world, right? Because well, if you're not good enough to get yourself to an eighth seed, you shouldn't be all NBA. <laughs> yeah, at all. I mean, yeah. yeah, I think who didn't get all NBA? Uh, oh, James Harden, for instance. Like you can't be playing. Come on, writers, y'all can't be playing with people's money like that. James Harden wasn't. You know, he wasn't an all NBA player last year. So right. if he doesn't, obviously he's gonna get it. But I don't know what the number is for. Uh, I gotta read it again. What, like how many all NBAs you need to have for you to sign the two hundred mil plus. But yeah, it's it's. I think um, I don't think teams would like that. Like lower, uh, like the, the 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 small city teams. I don't think mm-hmm. they'd like that because then if they don't make playoffs and you're basing your All NBA team on playoffs, then potentially like an Anthony Davis or Demarcus Cousins, then potentially you'd lose them, right? You they take off. Um, yeah. Friends like Damian Lillard. I mean, they're they're probably gonna make playoffs, and I don't even think he'll be All NBA again. So, I think that it has to be regular season and it has to now see the, the writers have to figure out like we got we can't mess around because we don't like somebody yeah because now they get so much power in their hands which is kind of unfair because yeah. you, the writers could be the reason why paul george gets 70 million or paul george leaves if you're a writer for indiana are you going to get paul george third team all nba because you want to be relevant don't you you want to be able to be in the playoffs. Right. you want to be able to write about paul george you want a superstar in in uh, in your city, so I think I don't know if that I don't I don't know if how I feel about them going to the playoffs uh, and, and rewarding that because like I said, if someone is balling and you know all NBA and now you're saying well he didn't make playoffs he sh- he's not good enough to get his team an eight seed at least then he shouldn't be good enough to be an all NBA player I understand that but then the small market teams will come out and say whoa whoa because we can't you know we we can't. Gen- uh, bring this guy or that guy or whatever you can't like um you can't hurt our value and hurt our player by not having the ability to give him the 200 mil for him to stay because let's be real sacramento versus new york or sacramento or new orleans versus chicago or la and if you can offer the same amount of money to to me i'll be like shit i'm going to chicago i'm going to la you know what i'm saying right there's so much more uh, value. There's so much more opportunity. I mean, Blake Griffin is almost on every other commercial. DeAndre Jordan, who resigned with the Clippers, he's all, he's State Farm now. So, I understand the rewarding playoffs too because you're right. You should be able to take you if you're a superstar, Anthony Davis. I don't. I think Anthony Davis has made the playoffs once, right? You should right. be able if you're that good. If you're a top three player, you should be able to take your team to the playoffs. But you know, I don't know. They have yeah. to. Fi- they have to come out. I-, I wish they can. They they have some other incentive too, right? Like oh, yeah. if they score 500 points or something in the playoffs. Something that will make it relevant, too. Or another reward, uh, award or something that will help benefit uh, the awards or the players. But I think, yeah. I think I get what you're saying, but I still keep it regular season. Okay, now here's, here's my argument for why playoffs matter, and it ties back into everything we've discussed so far in this podcast. And that is, 
let's say that let's take the scenario of Russ versus Harden in the first round. If Russ or if Harden beats Westbrook, but Westbrook puts up heroic numbers, and they bow out in the first round, I think he should still be All NBA and be in the discussion for MVP. Like Anthony Davis, again, you can you can argue the numbers don't lie route, which is you know that Davis is just ridiculously good. And I think right now, if I had to vote, I would break my own rule and put him on an All NBA team for sure because he's been phenomenal. But at the same at the same time, it's like it, it's like like playoffs. I think they can matter, and it, it's up to the writers. It's up to the writers to decide how much the playoffs matter because, like you said, I I agree. It it. If if there if there if the awards are included in playoffs, then a lot of people are just going to be like, "F the regular season, F the what are we doing eighty two games for? Why not right. do sixteen yep. and uh, just get it over with, you know, and and get it to where it matters." But at the same time, I I think I think that playoffs should matter, but I think they shouldn't they shouldn't be the end all be all. You know what I mean? Like I I think like wow I think wow if Westbrook just played a phenomenal series against Harden, man. He was averaging 35 with a triple-double, and he was just playing his heart out, but he didn't have the good team. I'd be okay with him getting MVP. You know what I mean? Like, just because, like, look at look at what he's doing. to the, Look at how he's elevating this team. Yeah, he's not elevating them to a championship because, again, there's a finals MVP for that. We don't need we don't need to say like okay it's going to it's going to one of the two teams in the championship every year. It, that's what I don't think the playoffs should be, but I think I think the playoffs should be included because I think that those first round matchups, those second round matchups, can be a big deal. Like let's say the Greek Freak really breaks out and Milwaukee gets a second round, should Greek Freak should be in discussion for MVP then? You know, so like. If he if he's playing phenomenal and leads the Bucks to a first round upset in a good second round series, so uh, it, and especially like that should increase his All NBA. Like Paul George, like you said, he's off, but let's say he sneaks in as you know seven or eight. Let's say he gets matched up against Boston in the first round and he has a good first round and forces Boston to six or seven. I think that should I think that should sway the candidacy of his of his All NBA uh, of his All NBA Kansas candidacy i think that should sway the persuade uh, sway the argument of his all nba candidacy you know what i'm saying yeah no i hear you i i hear you i just i just to me it's just this, the playoffs is just a smaller sample size if for instance like the, the nba wasn't 82 games then yeah but i think it's such a big chunk of the season you know that it have you have to reward it and you have to reward you just have to reward you have to reward 82 games so um, but I understand what you're saying. I, I I get the whole, you know, maybe they could, like, maybe they were, so for instance, Paul George, maybe he was a, on the fourth All-NBA team, right? And then he just dominated the playoffs, and you could just jump him up into the third in, um, All-NBA. But, you know, people will say, well, he should have been doing that all year, and blah, blah, blah. So there'll be a lot of arguments uh, against that. But like I said, I, I don't want to devalue the regular season. It's already getting devalued as as it is. So I I, yeah. I think we have to keep it because you know the NBA is it's like it's becoming more popular and you know the Steph Curry's of the world is making it that and if the regular season didn't matter as much then they wouldn't um they wouldn't be able to be like oh Steph you know the kids I'm telling you kids nowadays love Steph they all that's right. who they, that's, that's who they oh, all yeah. talk about and they want to go watch them and I think you know if you if you leave the regular season 
uh, as it is, and you award the regular season, then pe then kids are people are going to come out and they're going to watch and they're going to be able to buy the ticket to to follow Steph and all that. So I think you got you got to keep you you don't want you don't want to tweak it too much because you, you know if it's you know why fix a why fix something that's already right. So I just I figured you got to keep it keep it as it is and move on and figure out a way to reward a playoff or like yeah. you know have it in the contract or something something different something that uh, could that, something that could help them out in the future okay and so the last point on this then we'll switch into some playoff talk is um just the last thing i'm gonna say is that you know the star players should are are focused they're 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 scrutinized and they're their focus has always been playoffs from the outside. Yeah, but so like if they coast during the regular season and we look back and a guy like LeBron coasted through through many regular seasons and ends up with less MVPs than he should have been or Steph Curry now, let's say Steph Curry probably it, he might not ever win another MVP again because of because of the context of his team and because of, you know, resting and everything and you know just the Warriors realizing how important health is. So if the play, if the star players are taught that playoffs matter to them, then I I feel that looking back, we don't want to see a bunch of Isaiah Thomases winning, you know, five MVPs, right? Like right. if he, so that that's my argument. But let's jump into the playoffs, Matt, because uh, that's very that's very very interesting to me. So, um, what do you want to start with, East or West? Let's start in the let's start in the in the in the. I think the East is easy, so let's just start in the West because the West might take a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah. So let's start with the West. So the West has got right now the eight seeds go as followed: uh, Golden State, like you said, you alluded to, they clinched the the West. Um, San Antonio clinched their division at two. Houston clinched playoffs, um, but um, but again, they're in the division of San Antonio. So uh, Utah last night clinched the Northwest division for the first time since two thousand eight. Uh, Clippers are at five, Oklahoma City at six, Memphis at seven, and Portland is the only team that isn't uh, that hasn't clinched playoff at eight. With Denver sitting one game behind them. Uh, Max, first let's uh, uh, let's quickly let's quickly touch on Portland Denver. Um, you think you think Portland's got it right? Yeah, I mean I picked Portland in our podcast, so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> it looks good right now. Yeah, no, I, I, mean, I think Portland has it. I, I think they might. I think they have a ninety-four percent chance. I mean, unless they really shit the bed, then I, I'm yeah. like Portland. Portland has it. I'm with you. I'm with you. So I agree on that. So okay. So give me. Uh, so obviously, with the West, the West is pretty set outside of. Um, the West is honestly set outside of the four-five matchup, like who gets home court advantage between right. Utah and Clippers. So now that we kind of have a grasp of of the seeding in the West, uh, give me, give me a matchup that you're really, really looking forward to in the Western conference. Uh, um, first I, round four versus five. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that's, that comes as first. And then obviously the Westbrook Harden, that's yeah. second, just because of what we talked about earlier, the front runners for the MVP, if Harden yeah. wins it and if Harden wins the MVP and Westbrook has a monster series and they go to seven or they beat and they upset the Rockets then he everyone's going to be like oh he should have won MVP but the votes are already counted or if Harden if Houston wins in five then everyone goes well you know he puts up well, Westbrook was put up monster numbers but see he couldn't even uh, win a couple of home games so yeah uh the four versus five Utah versus yeah. the Clippers now the reason why that's the most intriguing is because I think a couple of weeks ago when they played each other Rudy Gobert like 
uh, he had he he didn't like getting hit or getting shoved, so he shoved. Um, I think it was Chris Paul that that he that he shoved or Chris Paul jumped in there. I don't know. I don't remember who it was, but they got a little chippy, and I think it's because Utah was like, "Listen, you guys think you guys whine a lot, first of all, and now we're like we jumped you guys. We're here to stay. We're making a name for ourselves. We want to make we want to tell the rest of the NBA that we're here." So. And the Clippers, who I am the biggest anti-Clippers person mm-hmm. out there. I think Blake Griffin is one of the most overrated players in the NBA. Damn. I think I would have traded him last year, I and I would have traded him this year. I think it'd be stupid, if even though there's reports that him and Chris Paul are going to resign. Because, let's be, I mean, the Clippers, they underachieve. They don't win. They, they never pass the second round. They're definitely not going to, they might not even pass the first round this year. And they keep like the same group of guys. Like at one, at some point, you have to, you have to change it up, right? Chris Paul will always be Chris Paul. I like Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul should leave. If I yeah. was Chris Paul, I'd go to New Orleans. To be honest, with you. oh yeah, to New Orleans, especially with Anthony Davis. Can you like a? Uh, uh, he's DeAndre Jordan times a million. So yeah, the pick and roll with that would be sick. But um, but yeah, it's just like I, it. Every year I say blow up the Clippers, blow up the Clippers, and every year people say no. They just upgraded their bench. And I'm like, who's on their bench this year? Jamal Crawford, as always. Who? Austin Rivers? Give me a break. I mean, it's just, they're, they're, it, it, I just, I'm not a fan of them. And I think Utah, defensively, offensively, and the fact that they're probably going to get home court advantage will upset them again. And the reason why this is the most intriguing matchup is because if the Clippers don't even get out of the first round, now they people do. are now people are going to be like, should we really blow him up, or should we? Do we really want to give Chris Paul two hundred million? Right. Do we really want to give uh, Blake Griffin one seventy or whatever he can he can get? I mean, it's just it's silly to me. It's silly to me that they're even fifth. But that's that's going to be the the most interesting matchup. That's going to I think the matchup that's going to go six seven games. And it has the highest stakes. Yeah, and it and to me, it's the Clippers better play like they're fighting for their season because I'll tell you if they lose even if they go seven games and if they get if they lose in the first round and they might st- you know once you lose in the first round Chris Paul might be thinking I don't think this team is right for me Blake Griffin yeah. might be thinking you know maybe I can go join forces with uh back to Oklahoma City and may- if through trades or whatever or blow it up now those two guys that are that sources say are going to resign now they might not resign and you might have lost them for nothing Mm-hmm. So I think that those the way they were struggling this year, I think they should have tried to make one trade out of the you know maybe Blake Griffin or probably not Chris Paul, but maybe Blake Griffin see what's out there. And now it's just showing that they're fifth. They're not even in the top three. I mean Houston, who I didn't even think were going to make playoffs, is 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 doing better than them. So yeah, that's to me is the most intriguing matchup. Yeah. I agree. I co-sign everything you say. And also Utah is just going to be a new team in the playoffs. So. I I I'm having trouble. I will I will say Max like I love Utah on paper and I know they haven't been healthy all year. They're definitely better than the 49 and 30 that they are right now. But at the same time, I'm just like I don't know. I think the Clippers are better than 48 and 31 because of all the injuries they've had. So it's like so it it it's like it's like in Utah is just this is like going to be their first like real playoff experience. So against the Clippers I don't know it's it's gonna be Clippers got the star power edge too I know Gobert is phenomenal Hayward's been phenomenal this season Derek Favors has been kind of a bust um 
he's he's just had a terrible season actually yeah. and so um i don't know it, it's very interesting it's a one i'll say this it's the one matchup in the west i'm still not sure which way i'm leaning in the first round every other matchup i i have my picks like i'm and i'm confident in them but utah la i don't know uh, a lot of it comes down to who gets home court uh utah home court will definitely help that's that's desperate utah desperately needs home court um i don't know max uh so i know you're anti clippers but are you are you actually picking the jazz to beat the clippers or are you oh. just saying that no, no, I'm picking the Jazz to beat the Clippers. I think defensively oh, wow. they would okay. lock him down. And I still, I don't know how I feel about DeAndre Jordan because he could, as much as I love him defensively and, you know, he's great off the pick and roll, he just, he can't shoot free throws and he has really no offensive game. And Rudy Gorbert is a hell of a defensive player. Yes. And he could take him out completely. And again, they can't spread them. They can't spread them out because Blake Griffin isn't. You know, he doesn't have the greatest shot in the world, and they don't. That's not the way they play. And I think they are able to spread him out. They can throw um, Gobert at the five is good enough defensively that he can control that paint. Rodney Hood, he's come back from injury looking good. Um, obviously, they have Gordon Hayward, who's also a free agent, and that's going to be interesting too. Let's see how that plays out. Yeah. But that's for another another uh, pod. And, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I like them. I like that they're home. I you know traveling. Utah's always been a place that gives people trouble. I mean, I don't think I think the Cavs haven't won at Utah in like seven years or something. Or LeBron hasn't won in Utah in seven years. So if Utah gives somebody like LeBron um, trouble, then a, a team like the Clippers, who mentally, if they get smacked the first two games. They're probably mentally check out, but I mean that's just my hate for the Clippers. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pick. I, I I have the Jazz, especially if they if they get home court. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So um, we won't go full playoff predictions because um, because we won't go full playoff prediction because we'll save that for the for the next pod. Right. But um, you know when when the playoffs actually start and everything. So actually, let's uh. Let's let's jump to the East now because I think I think with the West, like we said, the seedings are set. We kind of know the matchups. Um, there's not really much to talk about outside of Utah Clippers seed jockeying and the A seed. Um, so let's jump to the to the Eastern Conference, which surprisingly the red hot Miami Heat. Last time we did a podcast, the red hot yeah. Miami Heat are now on the outside looking in, a game back with only three games left for them. So, or two games left. I'm sorry. Wow. Two games left for them, and they are no three. I'm sorry. Yeah, it is three. So three games left for for Miami, and they are on the outside looking in a game, a game behind Indiana, uh, who is eight right now in Chicago, who is um their Indiana and Chicago are actually tied for seventh. That's how the bottom looks. But then going up top, uh, Cleveland's one. They got the one game lead on Boston, which I think now I think Cleveland's kind of closed the door on Boston. Uh, on Boston gaining the first seed. And then uh, 3-4 is very interesting. There's a lot of implications there, Max, because, again, it's kind of getting out of the Cleveland side of the bracket if Uh you're the three seed. Uh, So Toronto is uh, is a half a game ahead of Washington, who's at four. And then Atlanta is just, that's where the drop-off really begins. Atlanta's at five, but to be honest, Max, Milwaukee at six, is only a game behind Atlanta, and Atlanta is struggling. They are four and six in their last ten. Who is 
as opposed to the Bucks, who even though they're on a three-game losing skid, actually they are a six. They still have won six of their last ten. So, Max, uh, let's jump in. Let's jump into some seeding talk here. Uh, let's talk. Let's talk Washington, Toronto first. Um, how? How important one? How important is it that um, or who do you think will get the the three the three and who will get the four? And also, who do you think needs to get the three more to stay out of Cleveland's bracket? Um, I think the the Raptors need to get the three more because uh, uh, Kyle Lowry just came back, and I think okay. they'd like him like fully back into the system, fully uh, back in shape, maybe running. Because like if you get cap, you, I mean, you need at least to me one or two weeks and yeah. i think for them maybe if they can get they can get out of cleveland's way that's if cleveland gets a, the number one seed which they should if they can get out of cleveland's way then they that would be great for them because then they would get i think if they win the if they get the three seed then they would get either boston or milwaukee and that's an easier obviously everybody on the east is easier than cleveland so i think that to me toronto knowing that they were in the conference finals last year haven't took the cast of six games and thinking, hey, we have a chance at these guys. I think they would rather they would rather not uh, would rather wait till the conference finals because this isn't a great Cavs team. They're not as good as last year. Defensively, they're awful. So to me, they want they want to get that three seed. Even though, I mean, I still think they wouldn't mind seeing them in the second in, in the second round either. But if I'm Toronto, I want that third seed. I want to be able to hold off to the conference finals and maybe this year having that experience from last year you know have all the confidence in the world to take them out in the finals that's if they get to the finals because you know Boston and and Washington are have been playing great too all year so if I had if I had to between Toronto and Washington who needs a three seed I think it's Toronto because I think Washington actually matches up a little better with Cleveland so I think Toronto is the one that wants to avoid them in the second round now I agree with you, but I will play the devil's advocate, which you alluded to, is that the fact that the Cavs have looked awful outside of their statement win against Boston. They've looked awful defensively for the last month and a half now. They've just been really struggling. They've been for six weeks in a row now. They've been the 29th uh, defensive, the 29th most efficient defense in the NBA. So nowhere near average. I mean, you know, they say you really can't win a defense with, or you really can't win a title without a top 10 defense. Right. And Cleveland is playing nowhere near that right now, so that's that's the very that's the very interesting part of it. So with with Cleveland again with not being healthy, they're integrating players back too, as well as Toronto. I agree with you because Lowry is so important to Toronto that you want him as close to 100% as possible. But when it comes to the matchup of you know facing Cleveland in the second round. Maybe Cleveland's a little a little rusty, and they're still trying to shake that rust off, still trying to get back in that groove. So maybe maybe it wouldn't be bad for Toronto to see Cleveland in the second round as opposed to the third round, which by then you would assume that Cleveland has uh, has their shit together. Yeah, you would think. And honestly, even though, like you said, you can, you're playing devil's advocate and Cleveland doesn't have only statement when it was against Boston. Let's be real. They still have LeBron James. They still got Kyrie Irving. I mean, when you have those two guys, and you never know, like once playoffs come, you can turn that switch and maybe get defensively, you know, like not struggle, but like say, hey guys, let's 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 just let's just ball out. Even though they had a horrible loss yesterday to the Hawks, but at the end of the day, LeBron James seven straight finals, I think, 
And, you know, Kyrie, him and Kyrie put up 40 each in Game 7 at, or not Game 7, was it Game 7? Yeah, Game 7 at at Golden State in the finals. So as long as they have those two guys, it's really going to be hard to bet against them. But they are vulnerable right now. And I, you know, I, I agree. Like anybody, like Washington, Boston, and Toronto could all go in there confident, thinking, yeah, we can beat these guys. We've done it already. And they look shaky and they don't got any inside presence especially like last year with, you know, Thompson isn't really playing that great. Kevin Love has never been great defensively. Uh, Birdman, I guess that was their guy. He got, he's he's out and, you know, Bogut, their big um, pickup, he's out for the year too. So yeah, they're vulnerable. And uh, the, the East isn't, the East isn't as locked down as people think it is, but I'm still not going to bet against LeBron and, and Kyrie. Oh, I, I totally think that the East is locked down and it's Cleveland. I'm, I just I totally think this this team is the ultimate like coast squad. Like they're not gonna they're not gonna um they're not gonna worry about the regular season at all. Uh so I, I think that I think that Toronto should definitely try and get the three seed to avoid Cleveland, but you know, again there is that there is that moment of I definitely think that it will take Cleveland a round or even two to get back in, in in full swing. Like they they're definitely because they're the, they're the 29th ranked defense and that just doesn't that just doesn't flip overnight. So yeah. that's something that's something that they got to work towards and you know take a couple weeks to a month to get together before they really uh meet Toronto who's just a a juggernaut honestly. And so so to me if I'm if I'm Toronto I definitely think that the I I think that Toronto will hold on to the 3 seed just because I I like Toronto as a team. I think I think I trust them more than the Wizards, who've been kind of sporadic. Um, they've kind of they kind of simmered down. They were on fire, you know, as as of a month ago, but they've kind of simmered down a little bit. They're starting to come back to ground a little, and uh, I I think that Washington versus Cleveland would be a hell of a matchup. But at the same time, I don't think Washington has enough firepower to uh, to close Toronto. Just looking at the schedules, I think that Toronto should uh, be able to hold on to it. Yep. I think so too. Even though, well, I was gonna bring up the Heat in a little bit because the Wizards get the Heat twice, home yeah. and away. And man, let's just—I guess they're we can gonna trans- be fighting. Yeah, yeah, we can we can jump to the bottom of the of yeah. The East. That's exactly where I was gonna go. Um, I was actually gonna actually I was gonna go Atlanta, Milwaukee, but that's fine. Oh, we'll okay. jump to the we'll jump to the bottom right now. So, the bottom is like I said, it's a three-team race for two spots, kind of like last year. Yep. And so it's uh, Chicago and Indiana tied for seventh, and Miami a game back. Miami, you said, playing Washington twice, who is – those are very high-stake games for both sides because, again, uh-huh. Washington's trying to get out of Cleveland's bracket um, because I think that Washington can beat any team in the east outside of Cleveland, and uh, same with Toronto, right. obviously. And so uh, so I there there's there's very high urgency and importance there. And as for Miami, again, they're fighting just to even make the playoffs. So let alone let alone the seventh seed. If they could, Miami could end up with the seventh seed in a very unlikely scenario. But they could, they could win the seventh seed and then get out of uh, get out of Cleveland in the first round and play Boston. Who, um, if you're listening to the podcast yesterday, I said which which isn't up, but I will upload it before before I upload this one. And I talked about I talked about this earlier with with Miami is that I think I think I'm just not I'm just not in on Boston I'm not sold on Boston as a playoff team I'm sold on them as a good regular season team and I honestly a hot take is I think that 
almost any team outside of Chicago, I think I would I would pick to beat Boston in the playoffs in the first round. Uh, yeah, I think I think a lot. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I guess Wade's gonna come back, but I feel yeah. like Chicago's played better without Wade. Yeah. And um, yeah, you know, Indiana looks like the Lance Stevenson side, signing for for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> they've like turned the switch but you know it's funny with indiana we talked about this and the, even though last the last time we talked we were we were giving our predictions of who we think is gonna come out of the east from the bottom and the west right yeah we, we locked had, the pistons in we locked the pistons in oh my wow. goodness what a Me free you, fall yeah we both you had pistons and heat i had milwaukee and pistons and geez talk about a free fall even indiana yeah. who we thought oh they're locked in the sixth seed yeah. and now milwaukee who was who was who was not even in the playoffs when we last talked? Now they, were they the might farthest. be the fifth seed. Yeah, yeah, they might be the fifth seed. So I don't know. I mean, Miami. I feel bad for my. Uh, I feel bad because I, I think they were eleven and thirty at one point, right? Yeah. And they're and they were hot. And you said I'm not I'm not going against you know uh, momentum, Spolstra, whatever, which is fine. And but now they have they have the hardest schedule out of the last three teams chicago gets the new jersey or the new jersey my bad they should be the new jersey nets they're a disgrace to brooklyn but they get the, they get, yeah as a brook as a as a bed kid they're a disgrace even though the Knicks are probably worse but um they get they get the bull the bulls get the nets twice home and away and they get the magic at home if they can't make playoffs playing those three teams they shouldn't be in the playoffs so i'm gonna they so they should make it the heat get washington twice home and home yeah, and I think they also get um, the the Cavs at home, and no, oh. yeah. And here's the thing, the Cavs did it hasn't clinched anything yet. Yeah, they have the head to head against Toronto against Boston, but Boston doesn't have the heart of a schedule e- either. They I think they get the Hornets, and um, they have a home game against the Nets, and I guess they have a home. They have also have a home game. They they finish out against the Bucks. So if the Heat are in no man's land, especially if the Cavs have, they're still fighting for that. So now you're thinking about playing the Wizards twice, who are only half a game out of third, and having to play the Cavs, who haven't clinched yet. They might be, they might have ran out of, ran out of time, ran out of luck, because Indiana gets, um, I think Indiana, who did, hold on just for a second, sorry. Indiana gets the Magic, the Sixers, and at home against the Hawks. I think they could be able to get at least one or two games out of that. So, yeah, it's just it's it's unfortunate because you know if you're telling me a team was 11 and 30 and they're gonna they're probably gonna potentially finish this season 39 and 41, I'd be like, wow, that's pretty impressive. But it's just too late. It's too little, too late. They had a little skid. And as far as your Detroit Pistons, I have no idea what happened. Yeah, it was like in a blink of an eye. And I'm I look at the standards. I'm like, how? Yeah. How did this happen? Yeah, they totally just that I'll tell you what, man, I was watching the games. They just totally gave up and we don't got to spend too much time on them, but man, that free fall was bad. They got blown out. I I they were at one point down 30 to the Orlando Magic. Like yeah. when when your back is against the wall and playoffs matter, like how is that possible? Those kids just there's there's something going on in that locker room. Uh, you know, Has I to be. I hope I hope it's not anything that's going to cost Stan Van Gundy because I think Stan Van Gundy is far from the problem. I think the problem is all on the players personally. Uh, Stan Van Gundy's been the greatest coach Detroit has had since Larry Brown, and so I I, I really I really think that there's just something between Drummond and 
Reggie and I I don't I don't know. I know Drummond and Reggie are close, but like I don't I don't know what's going on there with that locker room because that is just that is just a mess right now. They just want the season to be over with, honestly. So um it, it, what a free fall. I mean, they're looking at they're looking at going from the playoffs to maybe having like the 11th or 10th pick in the draft. Like, that sucks. Yeah, in, in the matter of weeks too. It wasn't even like it wasn't even like it happened over the course of a month. In a matter of weeks. So uh, to get back to the to get back to Miami, uh, you're right. You're right. Uh, you know it's unfortunate that they end the way they did, but you know, look, I, it's still a lot of credit to Spolstra. He coached the hell out of these guys, and I, I think I think you're right, Max. I think that Chicago and Indiana are gonna keep it just because of looking at the schedules. I think Washington wants it too bad to lose two of the to lose two of the games to Miami. Um, I I think they I think they want to they want that third seed too bad to lose to to lose both to Miami. Uh, and then again, Miami also has to play Cleveland, which like you said, I think Cleveland I think Cleveland has pretty much locked. It's not official, but um, but I think that Cleveland, depending on is is Miami's next game against Cleveland or is it Washington? No, it's Washington, and then it's Cleveland. And then Washington again. Okay. And then so, Washington again. I think by the time they face Cleveland, Cleveland will have clinched it. Uh, so I would expect, and if that's the case, you know, Cleveland's obviously going to rest everyone. So um, that's a very winnable game. I see I see Miami winning that game because I think Cleveland will have it wrapped up by then. But, um, they again, they would have to win. They would have to win pretty much. They would have to win out, honestly, because... Um, yeah. Because I don't know the tiebreaker scenarios between Chicago and Indiana and Miami. I really don't know them offhand. I should have probably done that before the podcast. But I think Chicago owns it over Indiana. I don't know if they own yes. it over Miami. Yeah, I'm not sure about Indiana Miami. I'm I'm not sure about Miami over Chicago either, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I know I know you're right. Uh, Chicago does own Indiana, so that's that that's going to be very interesting how that plays out. So as far as seven and eight, I'll. F- I'll, um, I mean, both obviously both of those teams want to get the seven to get out of Cleveland's bracket, but yep. um, I'll, I'll 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 pose a question to you like this: So with Chicago and Indiana, who would be a more challenging first round matchup for Boston? Oh, Indiana. Yeah, I Indiana. Agree. Paul George is a star. Lance Stevenson has brought him like another first of Lance, like the old Lance Stevenson. <laughs> I, I have no idea. I like what I like what he did too, going up for that layup. I I think that was great. I don't know why NBA players get upset about that. It's like yeah. get out of here. But yeah. um yeah, I think it's good. It's bringing back that toughness that they used to have. Miles Turner is a stud, who you know True. I don't, Al Horford has not played well lately, and he stunk up the joint against against the Hawks the other day when they played. He only had I think five points and four rebounds. Wow. So he needs to play better, obviously. And they just, to me, they have a lot of, a lot of talent. I mean, Paul George, uh, Jeff T, uh, Monte Ellis. They have a lot of talent. And when you have a star, anybody, you know, you're you could you could beat anybody pretty much. And they took the Cavs to double overtime at Cleveland. I just think they're peaking at the right time. And this is what I talked about Indiana on the, when we took when I when I when we uh, were talking about who who's going to come out from the bottom of the East and the West. I said Indiana wins eight. 10 games in a row and then lose 10 games in a row so for their benefit they better like go on a losing streak so they can go back on a winning streak. <laughs> right so uh but yeah i think um i think they have a good shot and you know chicago's been balling but 
unless Dwayne Wade, if Dwayne Wade comes back and plays like Dwayne Wade of the playoffs last year, who decided to go in a time machine, <laughs> and Jimmy Butler is balling out of control, I mean, they could they they have a shot too against Boston. Like you said, Boston's vulnerable. And as much as I love Isaiah Thomas, you can't have a five nine, five ten dude in the playoffs guarding, you know, the the likes of uh, of um, who's the, who's their point guard now, Michael Carter Williams. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just gonna be hard for them when they switch when they do switches and how their defense is gonna be. I mean, you got but the thing is the Celtics are very deep, but could they be too deep? Yeah, and. Yeah. and- with my problem with Boston is just like outside of Isaiah, their offense is just so lacking. And when you throw Jimmy Butler or Paul George, either one of those guys on Isaiah Thomas for an entire series, I'm curious to see how Boston scores. Like, right? I'm curious to see. Like, it could be real bad for Boston if they stick if they stick those uh one of those two guys on Isaiah, which is a which is obviously what they would do from the jump, and. So that would be that would be very interesting because Isaiah Isaiah is so much of that offense that then then you're relying on a, a, a cast of Al Horford, Marcus Smart, Avery Bradley, and and um, Jay Crowder to be like your source of offense, and it's like really I mean I know that Chicago and Indiana aren't offensive firepowers by any means, but at the same time like I mean look at looking at Boston, they're their offense outside of Isaiah is just man. It's just it's it's really tough. So I don't know. A small guys just like we we seen this last year in the finals with LeBron versus Curry. Curry yeah. style of play is so good, but at the same time, like LeBron style of play fits the playoffs because when it slows down and and it's grind out, who wins most of the time? The team with the better athletes. Like look at Oklahoma City versus San Antonio, who was marvelous in the season last year. But when they got matched up against those athletes in OKC, when it comes down to just making plays, that level of athleticism just overwhelmed the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a big I'm a big believer of athlete of of athleticism in general being a major factor of playoffs. And I don't see how a five nine guy can control a series. Yeah, but you know that could be us talking ish about Isaiah, and then he can come out and ball because yeah. He, um, the only thing is the last thing I want to say about the East is. I like the East this year to have like some major. There could be upsets a lot. Yeah, you know, upset galore could even happen as early as the first round, even the second round. Like honestly, aside from Cleveland, who even they're been vulnerable. Yeah, I can see the two, three, and four seeds all losing because Milwaukee's balling. Yeah, Milwaukee and, is so good. And with Chris Middleton's come back, and he's yeah. been giving them a great spark. And man, I wish that Jabari Parker was still healthy. Oh my could, gosh, yes! They would be able to throw him out there, and 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 Giannis at the five, and go small ball. And they, they would, could they would, with Middleton at playing the three two. Oh man! Yeah, they could give they could give anyone outside of Cleveland a run for their money with that roster with with yep. Jabari. And, and I uh, I still think in. they can. Oh, what's that? Go ahead. And Malcolm uh, brought in from Virginia. He's a yeah. big point guard, and yeah. you know that's good. That big point yeah. guards are in now. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I I agree. So let's uh let's end on let's end on that. Then we kind of jumped around sporadically, but the five <laughs> six Atlanta Atlanta who just looks like they got it they got they got to win um against Boston, but at the same at the same time they've looked outside of that they've looked like a mess recently, and and um, they beat the Cavs. Back yeah, they did. Oh, yeah, they did beat the Cavs on, too. On, not, you know, on a so, back-to-back. 
they have kind of rebounded nicely, but overall, the last 10 games, they've been, f- I, what, 3 of 7 or 4 of 6, something like that. Uh-huh. So they've been they've been really struggling, and even beyond that, they've kind of free-falled. I mean, there was a point when they were close with Washington. Now they're 7 games back, so obviously they're not catching Washington. So they have only, they can go nowhere but down because Milwaukee is, like I said, a game back with uh, three games left. So I don't, I don't know, Max, um, I would love to see a Milwaukee-Washington. Uh, that would be, that would be a great series. Um, also, Atlanta-Toronto would be interesting just because of the styles of play. So from a fan's perspective, I hope Milwaukee jumps Atlanta, but um, I think, I think Atlanta is if you're any of the teams in the league, I think I think that you can argue that Atlanta's the most um surefire win if you're a top four seed in the first yeah. round. Yeah, I agree. I mean if especially it, it depends how uh it depends how Atlanta's coach uses Dwight Howard too. Yeah. If he uses it to their advantage, it's fine. Or like if like you know, if he's killing Horford, if it's say they're playing the Celtics or whatever then it's fine. But if he goes small, he has to counter and go small too. So he can be a factor. But also Atlanta, shout out to Phil Jackson for trading Tim Hardaway. Man. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. <laughs> so um, as a Knicks fan, watching him ball, and I'm like, man, he was. I liked Tim Hardaway. I always did. I was like, whatever. And Phil, I trust. Kind of <laughs> regret it now. But, yeah, he's been balling. He might win most improved player. Yeah, I think Atlanta – see, the thing, it's, it's so weird in the East because – they can go ahead and crush the or, or like ball out against the Cavs, ball out against the Celtics, the top two seeds, and then just look just god-awful against uh, like Miami or Detroit. And so it's like, what is going on here? So I don't want to say they're the surefire, but at the same time, I'm just like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, it's the East, man. I don't know who's good and who's not. <laughs> you yeah. know, I don't know why Indiana wins 10 in a row and loses 10 in a row. Like, like how, how does that how does that happen? Especially in pro sports, so I don't. I honestly can't say aside from Cleveland, anyone's a, like a sure like first round W. Yeah. Okay. Um. I th- I think that's a good point to cut off. It's been about an hour now. So, Max, <laughs> thank you for joining me. Uh, one last thing though, um, because I'm definitely gonna have you back on for a podcast next week. We're gonna try and get a get a playoff all NBA podcast going. Um, one last thing I gotta ask you, man, is. The MVP, man, who you got right now? Because it's it's flipped for a lot of people who were Harden. It flipped in the last week. Are you are you still in the Harden camp, or are you are you leaning towards Westbrook? You know, I, I I'm a big fan of my boy. I call him Bestbrook. Oh, <laughs> you know, love love his love his game, love his energy. But I, it's so hard as like a basketball like guy to think, man. He has taken the most shots since Allen. I- He's taken more shots than Allen Iverson when he won in 0-1. Wow! But Allen Iverson played eight more minutes than him, and that just is like just a crazy number. And his efficiency hasn't been that great. And like even when he dropped 57 points with that with that crazy triple double that he had, he had like nine turnovers. And yeah. to me, sometimes it's like are you? I mean, obviously he deserves. He's gonna be either win it or close to winning it but like am i not going to give it to james harden because he had two less rebounds yeah that's not that very much right for a guard too for like, a guard yeah and james harden's team has won almost 55 wins that's 10 10 more wins than than westbrook's team and it's just how he just became he just um 
uh, started a new position as at point guard and a new system, and he's been balling. Obviously, people are going to counter with Mike D'Antoni's system. Always makes guards and point guards great, so he could be part of the system. But at the same time, it's like give it give it to Russell Westbrook because of his numbers, of his like advanced stats of the team around him, and and Durant leaving and and all and whatnot. But don't give it to him because of the triple double. Because yeah. if you're telling me that he won it over James Harden because he had two more rebounds than James Harden, then I can easily counter and say, well, James Harden has two more assists than him. James yeah. Harden's team has won 10 wins. So I slight think it's going to be Harden. Yeah. Uh, I'm still in the Harden camp, but I'm starting to lean. Uh, I'm starting to lean and waver. Man, I go back and forth each day. To be honest, I can't even tell you what I said on the podcast yesterday. My thoughts keep jumping, but... um. No, I think I'm. I think I'm still with Harden. I think I'm gonna ride out with Harden at this point. Uh, maybe it's a little fantasy bias. He carried me to second place in the league. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Max, I'm gonna let you go now. Thank you for coming on, man. And I'm definitely gonna have you back on soon. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Chris. Always a pleasure. Yep. No problem. And go ahead and uh, real quickly plug yourself too, um, so the fans know where to get that. The fans know where to get their take of Max. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, the same. Handle harder two H A U T E R, that um and the number two. That's my Twitter handle. Come on, I I tweet a lot and I never am ashamed of what I tweet. You might <laughs> not like it, you might like it. I always seem to spark some kind of anger towards people. So go ahead and come go ahead and come at me all you want. I love it. <laughs> all right, all right. Um, so you guys know where to find me. You guys can find me on Twitter with the new Twitter name. Which is Whoa. at real Chris Platty. Yeah, I had to change, you know, make it make it a little more official now. Uh, got rid of the famous iconic nickname Crispy Eleven Thirty Two, and it is now again on Twitter at real Chris Platty. That's uh, real Chris, and then Platty is spelled P L A T T E. No capitals, nothing on on anything. It's all lowercase letters, so no no underlines, no no none of that. Just real Chris Platty, all one word. That's my Twitter handle. There you'll find a link to my Podbean and my iTunes. So thank you, Max, for coming on. And once again, like I said, I'm definitely going to have you back on soon, buddy. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care.